Not really sure how politics works? Got questions and need answering? Then this is a podcast for you. Welcome to Politics from the Moon. Hello and welcome to another episode of Politics from the Moon. My name is Ross Evans, and this is the podcast that tries to bring politics down to earth. Now, over the last couple of weeks, we've interviewed ministers, backbench members of parliament, consultants, and members of the public. And uh, we've received a few inquiries here in the program um, about the terminologies used in the world of politics. And, um, you know, we are here on hand to kind of break things down for you and make things a little bit more digestible. One such person that had a few queries uh, is with me today um, is uh, Shlomi Benison from uh, Sydney in New South Wales. Uh, Shlomi also sits on the student council for Macquarie University and uh, in the next couple of weeks we will talk to him and his colleagues about exactly the, what kind of work they do on the student body. But uh, Shlomi, welcome to the program. Thank you, Ross. As uh, you have said, my name is Shlomi. I'm happy to be here. Very good. Now, I understand that uh, you've been listening to a couple of our episodes and have a few questions. What, what kind of things would you like to know? I do. Um, I've actually, I've heard the Westminster system been talked about on your previous episodes. And uh, I'd like to know, what is the Westminster system exactly? Okay, so the, the Westminster system uh, refers to the Palace of Westminster in London, which is more commonly known as the Houses of Parliament and is usually used to reference the type of government that is used in the UK and commonly throughout the former colonies of the UK. Uh, to put it simply, um, it means that the well, it's a system where you have the head of state who is not the head of government. So, for example, in the UK, the Queen is the head of state, but she is not the head of the government. The head of the government is the Prime Minister. Now, very commonly, that means that... Uh, we have what's called a bicameral system, which means two houses, bi being bi and cameral being chamber. So you have a lower house and you have an upper house. So in the UK, you've got the Houses of Common and the House of Lords. In Australia, you've got the legislation and then the legislative council in, in the most cases. But uh, the Westminster system is used throughout Australia, throughout the states and territories, uh, New Zealand, Canada, Ireland even. Um, but then in the US, you have what's called the presidential system, where the head of government is also the head of state, i.e. the president. Right. You mentioned legislation. Um, tell me, what is the difference between policy and legislation? Well, to put it simply, uh, policy are like the ideas that a political party or a campaign group would have that would, they, they would like to see taken through into legislation, whereas legislation uh, refers to the, uh, the papers that are written up that actually create the backbone of laws. So, for example... If a political party was campaigning on a particular issue before an election, uh, they would put that into what's known as a manifesto. The manifesto is like the, the um, catalogue of all the policies of a political party, what they stand for exactly, mm. and what they would do if they got into government. So once they're in government, there's several different avenues uh, that they can take to try and push this legislation through 
to make it into legislation and regulations, that kind of thing, which would then become law when it's enacted by the Queen. Does that answer your question? It does. It sounds quite similar to uh, the chamber that I sit on. Um, I'm the representative for the human science faculty, and we are each given um, the ability to create our own policies. And, yeah, we, we pass it up through the chain, through the academic senate, which is above us, and then gets approved by... Uh, the academic senate and of course the principal of macquarie university mm-hmm. yeah so i'm really interested um what is the left center and right of politics well this uh, the spectrum in politics of the left right and uh, center refers to political parties and, and where they stand on central issues so for example um across the uk um australia and new zealand Uh, The Labour Party is uh, traditionally seen as being to the left of centre. The uh, Conservatives in the UK, the Liberal uh, and National Party in Australia and the Nationals in New Zealand are seen as being to the right of centre. And then um, the centre ground itself stands for basically the moderates of both of those parties. So even though the Labour Party stands to the left of centre, it's a very broad church, for example, and you will have members in there that identify themselves as being moderates, which is the centre ground of politics. Moderates basically accept the opinion on both sides, left and right, and come to a very pragmatic uh, point of view. Uh, In the US, Uh, The Republicans are seen to the right of centre and uh, the Democrats are seen to the left. But essentially, it's just this very vague um, thing that's given to political parties or to individuals to give people a a ballpark figure of where they stand on central issues. Hmm. I've noticed throughout this interview, you've been uh, covering four countries, uh, UK, Australia, New Zealand and the USA. Um, why does this podcast only cover on these four? Well, uh, essentially, the first series of this podcast is only concentrating on those four countries, uh, primarily because those are the four countries that I've got experience in and feel that I can talk about with mm-hmm. some level of knowledge. Okay. Um, as we go forwards, well, like I've had a few inquiries from people in Canada of why they aren't included, for example, <laughs> and... Um, as with this series progresses, um, I will endeavour to include more countries and, and politics from those countries as well. All right. I'm looking forward to that. Um, I do have one last question. Tell me, how, how do political parties work? Mm, that's a good question. So um, political parties, um, essentially, through their ideas and what they stand for, um, you know, part of their um, reason to Tatra, one of the things they exist for is to uh, accumulate members, because if they haven't got members, they're not much of a party. Now, if a party stands for something and uh, reaches out passionately for it, then they can uh, attract these memberships uh, into it. The more members they get in the political party, um, generally speaking, the, the stronger the political party gets. Now, um, in the instance of, say, the Labour Party, for example, they stand for social justice and uh, compassion and all that. So people that have like-minded ideas will accumulate with them together. Uh, On the right, um, with the Liberals or um, Nationals, for example, in Australia, 
they stand for fiscal responsibility and uh, deregulation, that kind of thing in general. Uh, so people that have um, the same values would coalesce around that. Mm. Now, what is the point of political parties? Well, in the Westminster systems that we talked about earlier, so UK, Australia, New Zealand, Canada, etc., um, you don't vote for a president to become the head of the government. You vote for the political party, and then it's the leader of said political party uh, that has the biggest um, numbers of member, um, elected members becomes the prime minister in general. So that's why political parties are important in the Westminster system. Um, a lot of people would like to see a more proportional representation and um, ways of introducing smaller parties so that uh, there's a wider uh, viewpoint held in Parliament. But uh, f for the most part, across the world, there is a general kind of two-party system uh, where it's a, usually a battle between the main party on the right and the main party on the left. So when election time comes round, you know, you are voting for your local member of parliament or your regional member of parliament, but they will generally sit under the banner of a political party. So you've got to bear, bear that in mind that when you're voting for your local representative, that they will in general, unless they're standing as an independent, will represent a political party. Mm. Uh, if they do stand as an independent, then yes, they've, they've got the local constituency or the local region in mind. But in terms of reality, that means there's very little they can do uh, to change laws and legislation in Parliament because they don't have the support of a political party. Right. So as you mentioned that um, voting is coming up, uh, what advice do you have to uh, young adults who are going to start voting uh, for themselves and not, you know, um, from, you know, their own ideologies that their parents have? What would you suggest a way for them to um, find out and do some research into all parties and understand them and and I guess build a bit of sense of trust that they will go ahead and do what they're doing. So, because mm -hmm. mm. um, I do think it's quite important and I do believe that there are a lot of votes that are counted that are just votes that, you know, they are young adults and they just follow their, their parents, and um, which, are, which I don't encourage. I really believe that... Um, you should kind of start thinking about, well, you know, who are these parties that I'm voting for? Are they, are they going to be doing things for my uh, environment, my, my place that I live in for the good of that environment? And, um, yeah, I guess, like, how would you suggest that, yeah, that yeah. They, they find... Yeah, so that, that's a very good question and some very good points there. I mean, um, it, it is very, very typical across the world that um, um, young adults will generally vote for the same people their parents did. Or if you're in a, a constituency or a, in a region which predominantly votes one way or the other, uh, they will predominantly follow suit and do so themselves. So what I, what I would say to anybody who is interested in politics or how it's going to make a difference to the country or even the, the local area they live in 
is, you know, to ask questions, to reach out. Each of the political parties has a website, on, and if they do any good at, the, at their job, they will have uh, policies and manifestos, etc., on their website that you can read. If they aren't there, then feel free to reach out to the political parties or your local representative and ask them questions. Ask them, mm. what do they stand for? What do they hope to achieve? What are they going to do for you in your area? Because that's what they're there to do. I mean, there's this thing that um, politics and politicians are, you know, can't be touched or whatever. But you've got to remember that they are servants, public servants at the end of the day. They are there to represent us. And if you've got a question about something they've done or something they're going to do, ask them about it. You know, don't don't let them fob you off with they haven't got time for you, etc. Because mm. come election time, they're going to be relying on your vote. So they will or should do whatever they need to do to engage with you. And in particular, when we talk about young people, political parties across the world are traditionally are very, very bad at reaching out to youngsters. Now, in Wales, in the UK, um, next month, early May, we will have the first elections there where 16-year-olds will be allowed to vote. Now, wow. for years and years, people have been saying that 16-year-olds uh, don't know which way to vote, etc., etc. Uh, my argument is that political parties need to reach out and engage with these youngsters to tell them what they stand for, to educate them, and to encourage them to get involved. Because mm. if you don't engage with sections of society, then you're never going to get their vote. Correct. Thank you. That was... You answered quite a few questions and let me thinking about, about all this. Because I am quite new to politics. I don't even know the lingo. Mm-hmm. Well, that, that's what we're here to try and help people with. And uh, just, just let me ask you, for example, you, you said you're quite new to politics. What's, what's your, um, what, what do you think of politics? What's your opinion of politics and politicians in general? Um, what do I think about politics? I think that, um, of course, I love the idea. Um, I love the idea of people who stand as a microphone for our voices and represent all of us um, uh, throughout history, um, or at least my history, you know, I've seen just a lot of issues within government and from my own intuition, I just feel that um, the corruption is just because of the level of power and responsibilities they have. And when I look at the type of responsibilities that I have when I make a mistake, it impacts people. But when, um, when, when, uh, when government makes mistakes, it impacts the population. And I never forget that they are human and that they have the ability to make the mistakes. But I just, I just kind of um, feel that when I am voting for, um, when I, voting does come, I know it sounds a bit childish, but I do look at the parties that are the less, the, the, the least corrupt. And I know that in politics, because we are human, there's always a bit of corruption and there's a lot of temptation to do the wrong thing. Um, that's just kind of my, my little bit on, I guess, how I vote. And I love the idea. You know, I, we really do have the ability to change the world for the good and the country and the state and the towns and the local population and environments. Um, I think it's beautiful. Um, if, uh, what, what, what's hard is that we are all divided, uh, less so than other countries around the world, but um, 
what I do like about Australia is if you look how we how we handled COVID, we really listened and we really we really trusted the government, which goes to show that um, the citizens um, back back politics. Um, it's just the the politicians that we give our trust in and and. Um, Hopefully they can do the good that we want them to do. Yeah, well, I mean, Australia and New Zealand have probably been uh, two of the only countries where uh, the politicians have actually listened to scientists. uh, (laughs) And I think the public appreciate that um, as we're in a much better situation than other countries around the world. But, uh, well, thank you very much for your uh, questions and for your uh, insight into your opinion on politics. Um, I mean, there's a lot of apathy in politics uh, these days in terms of how, how the public view politicians they're very apathetic um here in australia of course uh, voting is um, compulsory uh, whereas across uh, the other countries that uh, we talk about uh, it isn't and it's quite regular in those countries to see turnout of less than 40 percent which is very very bad for democracy when you think about it Hmm. but um yeah well if you would like to get in touch with us and ask us any questions, just remember you can do so through our website, which can be found at www.podcastfromthemoon.com or on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram by searching for at Podcast from the Moon. Alternatively, you can listen to any of our bank programs on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon, Google or any other major podcast streaming platform. And yes, uh, if you do have any questions for us, please reach out. If you'd like to be on the program as well, um, also let me know. Uh, and until next time, I've been Ross Evans. And I'm Shlomi Ben-Sion. I wish you all good luck and good night. <laughs>